Is your garden struggling in this very hot summer? I know we've had amazing temperatures beyond the normal. And one of the greatest tools that you can use to help your garden beat the heat is water or how you water. And that's what we're going to talk about today in this podcast episode. Let's get growing. Hello and welcome to the Prages Plant Podcast, the show that talks about growing, growing a garden, a homestead, a healthy family, and most importantly, growing closer to God. I'm your host, Crystal Media, owner of the Red Ridge Farm Homestead, where our mission is to help women of faith find the courage to grow healthy food for their family while building a closer relationship with our Lord and Savior. That's you. Don't let the world hold you back. Pray. Just plant. Welcome to the Pray Just Plant Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Media, and today in Season 7, Episode 10, we're going to talk about how to water your garden in the heat of summer to beat the heat. Now, this is Fair Week, and if you don't know what that means, it means that this is the week that my children and I are at 4-H Fair. I'm going to have to again bring you a recording of a live I had with you fellow growers. And we're going to discuss how to water to beat the heat. Water is the essential tool of our plants. We need water when we're hot. Our plants need water. Let's talk about how we can use water efficiently and also to help to remove that stress from our plant. I'm going to share this recording with you. Of course, I'm going to edit a few pauses and things out for you so it's nice and smooth. Lives can be a little bit laggy or a little bit drag down with some of the pauses as I think about things. I'm going to just edit it down to the the bare essentials for you so that you can answer the question, how do you water your garden this summer to beat the heat? And again, there will be no Growing With God segment or tips and tricks just this week. And next week we'll be right into regular lineup and we will not have any more of these breaks as summer is winding down for us and school starting very soon. Give this recording a little listen and I'll be back at the end. Good morning everyone. Welcome to today's weekly tips and tricks. I'm inside today. We got a really good rainstorm last night. Still kind of raining and I can't really do a lot of digital stuff outside in the rain. So we're inside, but we're talking about water today and even watering can help you beat the heat in your garden. So let me introduce myself before we get into all of that. I'm Crystal Mediate. I'm the co-owner here at Red Ridge Farm Homestead. And our mission here on Instagram, Facebook, through our t-shirts, through our planners, through our online courses, through our weekly tips and tricks, through our blog posts, our podcast episodes, is to help you grow. Help you grow a garden, a homestead, a healthy family, and closer to our Lord and Savior. So today we are going to be talking about even watering. Hello, the farm on Galloway. Thanks for joining. We're going to be talking about even watering. So best way to explain even watering is to explain also its opposite, which is feast and famine watering. And when we are in the middle of summer and it's really hot yesterday, um, even though we got rain last night, we still got up to about 90. Usually in August, we'll be getting into the 100s, here in Wyoming at least. But if you're struggling with heat in the garden, one of the things you can do is water more often. Now, it doesn't mean you need to water as long, and I'm going to talk about that in just a moment. A plant's natural 
system depends on water. Everything it does depends on water. It brings in nutrients through the from the soil in soil sludge, which is water and soil mixed together, and that's how it brings its nutrients up into its stem and into the plant. That's how it produces its fruit, especially tomatoes. If you um, certain tomatoes have more water content than other tomatoes, so everything we eat, everything in nature has water. We even have water. So water can be a survival mechanism for our plants. So if we are in feeding in a feast and famine kind of way, when um, even, you know, early man, we would eat a lot, right? And then we'd go a long time without food and there'd be slow growth and there would be um, more sicknesses and things. The same thing goes with our plants. If we water them, but we're still giving them their one inch of water every week, that's what usually vegetables need. It's about one inch. And I think in a past live, I talked about that and how you can use a water gauge with your sprinkler system to gauge how much water you are getting. You want to make sure that your plants are getting the adequate amount of water, which is about an inch of precipitation. So you get a heap cheek crack of rain too. I have to go look at my rain gauge as soon as I go out to the garden today to see how much water has come from the sky before I I water this week. So feast and famine type watering starts with you, um, maybe you're watering for an hour on Sunday, but then you don't water for a while and the soil dries out and your plants come under stress and then they're trying to beat the heat, but they really can't. So then they begin to wilt and it's all because of lack of water. Then you notice the wilting and then you water them again. That would be more of like a fast and famine, or if you had a schedule where you're only watering your garden once a week, even though they're getting that correct amount of water. What happens is they're still going through a time where they're not being able to bring up any nutrients. They're not being able to bring up water to cool themselves, and so they go into stress, and stress equals slow growth. Now, even watering is going to, you can take that same amount of water, even that same amount of time, but spread it over the week. So if you do 15 minutes, say you know that 15 minutes brings a quarter inch of water. So you could spread out 15 minutes over four days so that your plants are getting an even amount of watering and they're gonna be able to fight the heat or beat the heat a lot more adequately because they are going to be able to be getting the nutrients and the water they need over And they may dry out a little bit, but they're not going to dry out as much. So another example of that in the way I water is one, I I watch the rain gauge for precipitation and I adjust my watering for that. I don't just set a timer. You can do that um, with a, a sprinkler system, but be aware of what the precipitation is also doing. This year has been a really wet year and I have not had to water as much. But I do make sure that I my wa- I water I check for watering Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday because those are my good days that I'm home. Saturday we're usually very busy, and I try to check the soil. You want to check be checking the soil if it's wet. You know, put your finger in at least an inch. I know that from the tip of my finger to my first knuckle is an inch. And if you're feeling moisture, they probably don't need a lot of water. And then you can wait a day and then check again. But if you spread your watering out over the whole week, you're gonna help beat the heat for your plants. Just thought of with calcium in rot, and I deal with that a little bit here in the garden, one of the biggest reasons that occurs is because 
a plant goes through those that fast and famine. If they're already struggling to pull in calcium, because blossom in rot is lack of calcium, then they can't pull in calcium when they don't have water to pull it in, right? So by even watering, you're going to be able to allow your plants to bring in an even amount of water and thus probably avoid calcium in rot or the blossom in rot or have a lesser case of it because you're getting more even water. Because the biggest things when you go to look up strategies to uh, avoid it or strategies to get rid of it is lack of calcium or lack of nitrogen also that I have found. Because if your plant doesn't have a natural balance, it can't pull in other things. So if your plant is already, so let me tell you the full story. I have had my soil tested. There's plenty of calcium in my soil. Even one year, I even took some of my goat milk because I have a mini dairy here and fed a diluted milk to my tomatoes. Did it help? No, it didn't. And the only reason it didn't help is because my soil is also a little low in nitrogen. Now, nitrogen is one of those big three, right? But there's 15 micronutrients that our plants need. But the big three are important. That's why the big commercial um, companies go after those big three. My Because I had the lack of nitrogen, my plant was still struggling and therefore couldn't bring in the extra calcium it needed to avoid the blossom in rot. And the way I found out this, this out is... I tried everything. I tried the milk. I tried so many different things. And that first setting of fruit all had blossom and rot. I had to um, harvest them early and just get them processed. But that next time, and I usually have a scheduled nitrogen time that I take a fish emulsion, fish poo, and I dilute it in some water and I just spray down my plants. Miraculously, after I sprayed down my plants, within a week, the fruit that developed that week no blossom in rot. And so that's when I went back to my soil test and really dived into, dove into what was going on. My soil had plenty of calcium. It was lacking, my plant was lacking nitrogen, but I was also not watering evenly. It's another thing that I changed just a little bit with that nitrogen. So because that's how our plants bring up that nutrients is through our water. So it's very important to water evenly and also use things like mulch in our paths and mulch in on our beds if you are going to be doing flower beds or or uh, actual native beds because mulch is going to help retain that water so maybe you don't have to water as often. So it's very important. So it's also very important to keep track of what's going on with the precipitation and keeping track. I'm going to go out and look at my rain gauge. If it's rained an inch, then I'll keep track of the soil and see if I even need to water this week. If it's only rained a half an inch, I'll wait till the soil dries out just that first inch and then I will start my water program all over again. So if you guys have any questions, please comment below or send them to my website or however you would like to connect. If you want more information about rainwater gauges or even watering, be sure to check out my website for sure because I know I have several blog posts on that. And also soil because soil, I talked a little bit about soil fertility. You can grab the free guide, um, Building Soil Health guide that walks you through the four steps for building your soil health. And um, soil test is one of those. So you can learn how to do one of those. You guys have a blessed week. And if you have any questions, I'd love to answer them. And the Farm Hunt Galloway, thank you for joining me. Um, Just remember this week, even 
watering is going to help you beat the heat in the garden. Also mulch because we last thing we want is slow growth in the garden because we want our vegetables to come to harvest so that we can get them processed and enter our larder. And um, when they are under stress, they slow down their growth. So you guys have a blessed week and I'll see you next Wednesday, 8 a.m. Water is an amazing tool that we use in the garden. Sometimes we think water is just what they need to survive. But sometimes water can be beyond life-giving. It can be something that helps them get through the stress. Water is also essential for them to get their nutrients that they need. And so if the soil doesn't have enough water, we they your plants can struggle. One great way to be sure that your plants are going to make it through these hot temperatures is to do even watering. Now, I do want to say, which I wish I would have mentioned in this live, one of the things you do not want to do is if you go out to your garden, maybe it's one o'clock, two o'clock, and you see the celery kind of limp and kind of sad and you think oh they need water you don't want to water them in that state wait for the temperatures to come down or at least evening so the sun isn't really bright to water those plants um, when we, when they are under stress and then you give water which usually like my well water is very cold and it's a very strong shock to the system so that's just one extra tip that when you're using water to help your plants get through if they are struggling don't water them right that minute wait till that evening so then they'll have all that evening to, to absorb all that water and through the night so that they can go into the next morning full of all the things the water that they need. I want to thank you for joining me here today at the in the Pray Displant podcast. And if this is your first time, I'm going to welcome you to the Red Ridge Farm Fellowship of Fellow Growers. And if you have any questions, be sure to reach out to me on my website, www.redridgefarm.org. And be sure to check out the show notes because remember, I always dive deeper in the show notes. And again, I want to thank you for joining me. And as always, don't let the world hold you back. Pray, just plant.